0: From a bunker in beautiful of the bronx it's electoral dysfunction now here is your host tom brennan hey everyone welcome back to electoral dysfunction the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantines is COVID over? Maybe. Uh, although uh, I keep having people at my office having to be out because they have COVID. So I, maybe it's not. Either way, I in general just think quarantining is a good thing to do. I really loved it and encourage all of you to do the same. Now, the conversation you're about to hear uh, was recorded on Saturday, November 12th, when the, the fate of the midterms elections uh, was still a little less clear. Uh, the Senate was trending towards Democrats, the House trending towards that, uh, Republicans, but we did not yet have a definitive answer. And then late last night, we're recording on Sunday, November 13th right now, uh, late last night, uh, though early in the West Coast, uh, uh, the situation in Nevada was clarified. Catherine Cortez Masto uh, it has won re-election to the United States Senate. Democrats now hold 50 seats in that chamber, meaning they will control that chamber regardless of how the uh, Georgia runoff in uh, in two weeks or three weeks or so turns out, uh, and <clears throat> we just want to talk real quickly about that before we jump into the conversation. Here to join me, as always, my buddy, my pal, my lifelong chum, Bloomberg Opinion Zone, Robert Schwartz. Robert, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing pretty well, Tom. Doing pretty well. It's a it's a it's a, uh, you know I'm a, I am nothing if not a a, a nerd, and in particular a uh, uh, a politics and and elections and campaign nerds so when uh, something like very strange happens you know it always like it, it always perks my interest so this was a very strange election and so i'm like uh you know i'm giddy i'm uh i'm i'm, I'm giddy with happiness
0: well i want to and i also want to pull out i talked to you the day of the midterms and i was very confident in a uh, uh, Democratic bloodbath that morning <laughs> uh, and just very certain that I bought the hype, Red Wave wasn't coming. And you were actually the person to remind me that, like you said, you had the same feeling that you felt back in 1998.
1: Um, I was asked to uh, go on t- on MSNBC on election night of, uh, of ni- 1998. And in the, the, the weeks um, coming up before election night, um, the, the House had started, had begun hearings on the, what would end up being the impeachment of, um, of Bill Clinton because of the, the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And um, my former boss, uh, my former boss, Newt Gingrich, um, was predicting um, that uh, there was no way that... that, that well, not that not, not there was no way. He, he was predicting that uh, Republicans would do very, very well in the, 90, the 98 elections. Uh, depending on the day of the week, he was saying um, we, could pick, we could pick up you know, t- um, uh, 10 to uh, 20 seats, uh, uh, maybe as many as 30, 40 seats. Now, keep in mind, Republicans um, had the majority um, in the House um, and in the, um, and in the Senate. And so, uh, you know, adding on even more because it was a midterm, you know, was going to be, was going to be significant. So I'm, I'm on, I'm live on MSNBC, I'm live on MSNBC when, um, when I, I don't even remember who the host was at the time, but, uh, it's, it's sometime around, uh, 10 o'clock or so, maybe 10, 10, 15, 10 30, uh, the host says, um, Oh, Robert, so, uh, you know, we've got some we've got our analysis in here and it, it looks like um, it looks like Democrats are actually going to be um, picking up um, a, a number of seats. Uh, you know, could be four or five or six seats. And so uh, what, what what does that say? To, what does that say to you? Why do you think that you know what? Why do you think, um, you know, against all odds, the Democrats managed to pick up seats? And I said, uh um, well, I, uh, did, well, you know, what, what, what happened was, and, and of course, you know, I had, I was completely
0: and totally clueless and I was, and I, but I, I think I, and you made it your mission from that day on to never be at a loss for words again,
1: never at a loss for words again. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I probably said something along the lines, I may have been prompted by him saying, you know, you know, was there a, was there a backlash on, you know, on the, uh, on the rush to, on the rush to impeachment mm-hmm. and 1998 turned out to be my, 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 cautionary, my cautionary tale, because it was one of those that's, that said, you know, you know, history is always kind of a guide and under normal circumstances, most elections, most years will, you know, um, uh, perform in a, in a, in a certain predictable in a certain predictable manner. 1998, it, um, uh, impeachment was the black swan event, um, impeaching a popular a popular president for or attempting to impeach a, a, a impeach a popular president for what was ultimately seen as a, a a personal failure as opposed to a as opposed to a a public one or a, a political one. Um, the the party that the Republicans were were punished by um, by the by the voters on that. Then two thousand two. It was also the unusual one because it was it was right after it was right after 9-11 and there was a drumbeat going to war in, yeah. in Iraq and so forth. I mean, we can talk
0: about, you know, we really I think the big mistake yeah. Democrats made that year, we should not have nominated Osama bin Laden for the Senate from Georgia. I think that, we, that really, was- we really we <laughs> really dropped the ball in that one. The backlash was pretty harsh. Yeah. Uh, and with Look, that, so- let's talk a little yeah. bit about backlash is a perfect trend uh, transition here. Uh, we saw a bit of a backlash this year, too, as it turned out. And that backlash is against a little thing uh, called the Dobbs decision. Now, I have always had a theory that I think was proven right by this election, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, and that theory was that on the debate of abortion, that uh, you have a a in this country, a vocal But not remotely majority, uh, you know, I'm not I I guess let's say vocal minority, why not vocal minority that is very against uh, abortion rights, you have, I think, a larger but still minority that is vocally pro abortion rights. And then you had a majority of the country whose general reaction was, you know what, it's not my business. Uh, I don't want to d- talk about this. Let's talk about something else. And normally that is, I feel, redounded to the benefit of the anti-abortion rights uh, pro-life crowd, if you will, just because a lot of those folks decide like, well, I'm, I I, don't have an opinion on abortion, but uh, I care about the economy. So I'm going to vote for this guy who's got on the economy, who usually ends up also being the person against abortion rights. Um, <clears throat> the Dobbs decision forced a lot of those voters to have to care about it. Uh, cause suddenly now, like suddenly, suddenly the uh, they always had that sort of, I don't know what that was. Uh, they always had that, uh, Steve Kornacki's just, cr- just clamming into everyone's podcasts. Um, but no, like they always had Roe v. Wade to lean back on too and be like, well, I don't know where I stand on abortion, but you know what they decided it already with Roe v. Wade. Uh, and the Dobbs decision made a lot of people, you know, have to, to take a stand on this. Uh, one way or another and it's worth knowing that yes there's a backlash against some Republicans and and particularly Michigan I think a lot of you know the trifecta for Democrats of of the of all the the two chambers of the state house and the governorship was probably one in part on the backs of an abortion uh 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 proposition yeah. on the ballot proposition. Uh, but even in Kentucky, where Republicans otherwise did well, uh, an abortion ban went down in flames. You know, I think uh, Kentucky said we love Rand Paul and abortions. Uh, <clears throat> I think it is, you know, again, maybe most Americans might, you know, personally be not for it or might have their like, "Ooh, I wouldn't want, you know, to have one. But they don't or, or I wouldn't want my daughter to have one or whatever might be the thing that they say around the dining room table. And they might mean that, but they also don't want the government involved. I think is where a lot of people stand and I think this election bore that out.
1: Um, I think I think that's, um, I, I think that's a, a, a very salient a very salient point. Um, but I also think uh, in states like, um, uh, in states like Kansas um, and Kentucky, and Michigan is, is, a, is a slight is a slight out a slight outlier for, for a reason I'll explain in a moment. But uh, I, I think the number of these places, even if they were nominally speaking um, pro-life states, um, they didn't want the status quo, whatever it was, um, uh, uh, veering one way, ve- 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 veering one way or the other. And so, as a result, um, uh, Kansas uh, uh, had in place a a a, a fairly uh, restrictionist. Um, um, law in place in in, 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 ter- in terms of covering covering abortion um, the pro-life side however wanted to go even further than that and basically and basically make an affirmative statement that um, that um, a, um, a, a, an affirmative statement in the Constitution that um, abortion um, is abortion is not covered in the Constitution and that I think was was a bridge too far for for Kansas for, for Kansas voters and they said look um, we've got we've got restrictions in there that are in the law. We're 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 fine with that. I mean, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's twenty weeks, I believe, in, in Kansas. We're fine with, we're fine with that. But going so far as to um, give the um, going so far as to give the legislature the ability to um, outlaw abortion completely. That's too that's too far, and we're going to reject that. And I think I think the Kentucky I think the Kentucky measure was on similar was on similar grounds. In Michigan, what was what went on what went on there was that there was an there was an assertion by the Republican legislature that um, the, the ban on abortion that was on the books that had been passed you know, 120 some years ago because um, Dobbs came down and, and Roe fell, that was now the law in Michigan without them coming in, you know, passing a whole brand new um, ban. And the, the argument over that was so intense that the pro-choice group said, um, okay, let's put this proposition on the, on the ballot that, that says that um, a, a, a abortion um, is, is allowed under, the, under, under Michigan's constitution. And, and that's why that Ended up being passed, but as you said, it it certainly brought it certainly brought um, uh, voters out to the polls, and was probably responsible for, as you said, this rather historic this historic flip in the legislature. So the the Democrats have control of the legislature for the first time in forty years, and of course, um, Governor Whitmer Governor Whitmer was, uh, was was reelected on top of that as well.
0: Yeah, I think I it really, it, the word is nuance, like. You know, most I think most Americans, Americans, most Americans, uh, not Americans, uh, uh, have a nuanced opinion on the issue of abortion. The uh, Dobbs
1: decision came down came down in June. Um, through most of the summer, uh, uh, pollsters picked up a a, a, a surge um, in the direction in the direction of, um, of Democrats um, um, as a uh, as a reaction as a reaction to Dobbs. Uh, either they, when, when September started to roll around, either the, the, the polls was either, I, I don't know whether they st- started, um, uh, started, uh, re, uh, assessing, um, the abortion question or, uh, or, uh, positing it in a slightly different way, regardless the pollsters start feeling that well, that surge has now started to, to to slide, and voters are now focusing once more on inflation and the economy and so forth. And that's why you started to get this 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 pundit mantra um, heading into the uh, heading into the election that it's going to be a red wave because abortion had dropped. In in um, in, in uh, the list of, of issues that the voters were, were were caring were caring about, and then suddenly, oh, boom, election day. Hey, not quite. So again, I'm not quite sure whether whether um, whether whether pollsters uh, um, ended up minimizing it, or whether the, the analysts after the poll started to came in could come in um, ended up having a different having a different take on it. But it, it's very very clear that. Um, Dobbs was a was a major factor in in how people um, in how people decided to um, um, express their ex- express their vote. Another quick point in that in that is as well, um, while it the Democrats have uh, have um, solidified, um, that they will have control regardless of what happens in Georgia. Georgia, however, is still does still end up being important because. If Warnock um, wins re- wins reelection, and th- th- that means it, it, it's a fifty one forty nine, it's a fifty one forty nine Senate, which it, 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 a 50-50 Senate meant that um, Schumer and Mitch McConnell had to agree on a power sharing um, a, a, a arrangement, um, and that's something that's something that um, K- Kamala Harris who is there to, to break ties she has no you, you yeah. can't use that you can't use that as the as a majority when you have a power sharing power sharing arrangement it it sets the what the committees look like and it, it mean, means that some committees could end up um locked in a locked in a tie uh for uh for, for somebody that um for, for, for a nominee for a presidential a presidential nominee yeah. if the democrats have a 51 49 straight majority the power sharing the power sharing goes away and the democrats have an extra person on the committee and so that 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 also um that helps uh, joe biden in in some of his executive executive and legis- and judiciary uh, judicial appointments
0: and that extra person is whoever wins the lottery in their state gets to be that extra person um uh yeah no it's uh, it's it's there's a lot you know, there's a lot more to go in the next few weeks. We talk about this a little more in the panel, so we'll we'll defer to them in terms of the Georgia race and uh, what the stakes there. And, and But uh, all that to say, fascinating week for democracy. Fascinating this country will always surprise you. Uh, and you. Uh, sometimes it's a good surprise. Yeah, and this week it was a good one. Uh, and with that, Ned Thorne, let's kick it over to the panel. My goodness, what a week. And here to talk about it, uh, some of our favorite folks in the world. First up, very funny comedian coming to us from the great state of Pennsylvania, but currently in Queens uh, and host of the A Dangerous Thing pod, which I was just on a few weeks ago, James Heskey is with us. Hey, James, how are you? I surprisingly
2: good and which makes me feel terrified. Not used to this feeling uh, waiting for something bad to happen.
0: That's same here. Yeah, and anyone who wants to go check out my uh, election visit uh, to yeah. the A Dangerous Thing Pod, we really predicted the opposite of what was going to happen.
2: <laughs> we were ready. Here's how bad thing. We were ready to get drunk at Applebee's. That's yeah, what, no, that's that we were. W-
0: there was a big threat to go visit Dollarita Wednesdays, which they moved to March. Which I can't. It should be November. They know yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> the perfect time for it. Uh, yeah, no, I really, I'm stunned. And I think the most important lesson of this is that if you and I are pessimistic about something, maybe the opposite will happen. So let's just keep on doing what we're doing, James. Let's just keep it up.
2: Okay. All right. Let's talk about how bad the Pirates are going to be next year.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's baseball, right? All right. Uh, Next up, other very funny comedian uh, coming to us from, uh, I forget where you are right now, Uh, but you can see her performing all over the great uh, city of New York. And I'm sure she has other things I will let her plug that I should have asked her about before we started recording. Megan O'Malley's with us. Megan, how are you?
3: Oh, thank you so much. I'm coming from Brooklyn. That's it. Great. That's
0: all hey. I wanted to add. <laughs> hey, all right. Brooklyn in the house. Uh, you know, if I say it in that tone of voice, uh, it's technically actionable from the NAACP. <laughs> so, <laughs> rightly so. I, I have to Venmo Robert George $5 just for saying it that way. <clears throat> and of course, as always, the aforementioned Bloomberg Opinion's own and uh, America's greatest son, Robert George. Robert, how are you?
1: I'm doing well Tom thank you it's a, it's, a, it's great to be here as always you know it's a it's great to be an American um, uh, even though I'm a I'm, a, I'm I, th- I like to think of myself as America's greatest adopted son since I wasn't I wasn't born here but um, I'm, I'm I, I thank the good Lord um, that that uh, uh, Japanese Airlines
0: flew me here as a young child. So. Nice. Well, I, I'm glad they did too. Uh was that by choice or were you compelled? <laughs> I was compelled by I was compelled by my mother, yes, indeed. Ah, okay, I, good. I, I was, uh, yeah. She came with you, right? She didn't just put you on that plane and send she, you to America. She
1: she, she she came she came with me. Um but I had the uh I had the last I had the last laugh because it was my uh well technically it was my second flight but my first flight was as a as a one-year-old um but as an eight-year-old it was my it was my it was my first flight and uh like in the middle of the flight I promptly like threw up so I, uh, I so I, everybody else in that on that plane um for whatever like the two and a half remaining hours uh, before it landed at JFK had a very nice um uh, sense sensory uh, experience uh, due to uh, due to me uh, upchucking uh, in the
0: uh, on the airplane. So that is a uh, nice that's story.
1: How I, that's how uh, I launched my, that was my that was my American, my,
0: my American <laughs> origin story. America. That origin. is a nice story. That's really a great story about how a, how a, how a hardworking single mom took her son to the land of the free and he threw up to show her how. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, talking I a mean, perfect segue, uh, throwing up all over the country. The midterm elections were this week. And uh, as of this hour, now we are recording this on Saturday, what is this, November the the 12th. And uh, uh, so we're talking around t- uh, eleven in the morning. So a lot of will probably change probably during this call. Uh, Robert, keep your eyes just focused on John Ralston's Twitter feed, just in case. Um, uh, <laughs> but we but, don't,
2: but we don't know which one's the real John Ralston. That's problem. true. God damn it, Elon Musk! <laughs> just anybody named John or Ralston, you have to follow. Sorry, oh, Tom, was, Tom
1: was even fooled last night. Uh, I was fooled. Yeah, the man, wrong was... Dave.
0: The wrong Dave Wasserman. There's a fake Dave Wasserman that declared uh, Ka- Catherine Cortez Masto the winner in Nevada, and it, 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 it threw it threw me. Uh, this is like uh, this is this is like, uh, you know, I saw someone on Twitter say this is not even like when Michael Scott was in charge of the office. This is like the episodes where Creed Bratton was in charge of the office. And it's pretty true. Uh, Like we really should have like someone at Twitter just should have given him a Word document and be like, boom, that's how we control Twitter. Type whatever you want in there, Elon, and you'll run it now. Um, But anyway, back to the midterms. Uh, So as of this hour, this going off of the CNN uh, projections at 10, uh, we have a 49-49 Senate. Uh, two seats outstanding, Nevada, where they are still counting mail-in ballots. The trend favors uh, the Democrat, uh, Cortez Masto, but it is still uh, uh, still basically an effective tie. Uh, and in Georgia, uh, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock leads uh, Herschel Walker by about a point, but they were both under the 50% threshold, so that will go to a runoff in about three weeks' time. Uh, so, you know... If Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are listening, I think now would be a great time to introduce the "Give Everyone in Georgia Five Thousand Dollars" bill, just in case. <laughs> See what happens.
1: And I think you can. Uh, get, I, I think that's something you can get passed through reconciliation, so you don't even like. Uh, it, it'll. Uh, uh, it'll get past the filibuster and stuff, uh, unless uh, unless Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema decide that they
0: shouldn't give five thousand dollars to everybody in Georgia.
1: And what what's the what's the chance of that happening?
0: Yeah, well, that's I mean, they wouldn't love if there's one thing they would love it's to be power- like, uh, put a you carve out for Alaska. That. Put tax. out a carve out for Alaska too. It's just so- <laughs> you'd have to have a a, ta-
2: a tax break for for hedge fund managers and you have to open up one more coal uh coal plant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one more coal plant and just a uh a uh rider to ensure that any senator from Arizona who wants to buy wigs can buy as many as they like. Uh which both of them I think would go for. <laughs> um and uh back to the house as of the last reading i had this from the cnn projections right now uh democrats have somewhere in the realm of 203 seats uh republicans somewhere in the realm i think of 211 seats i forget exactly the total count of seats outstanding but democrats would have to win basically hundred percent of the toss-ups to maintain control of the house uh not impossible but incredibly unlikely uh but it is entirely possible that kevin mccarthy Wished on a monkey's paw to become Speaker of the House, and he will become Speaker of the House with like three vote majority, which seems like an absolute nightmare to me. I'll tell you right now. Robin, on, your thoughts on, on, on your t- pal on Twitter, and former Young Gun Kevin McCarthy
1: <laughs> on uh, on Twitter back in um, it was I think it was uh, August or September. I uh, McCarthy uh, had had tweeted out. Uh, directing, I think, at Merrick Garland, you know, to uh, hold on to all of your, uh, hold on to uh, all of your, all of your papers, uh, subpoenas are, uh, subpoenas are coming, and uh, I retweeted that uh, with a little message on the top, um, you'll never be speaker. And uh that, that's one of my you know uh, you, you know how great my my, my predictions are you know like I, I, I predicted uh, seven years ago you know it was the beginning of the end of the uh, of the Donald Trump, Trump Donald Trump candidacy. So we all know how great my predictions are. I have a feeling though. I'm pretty strong. It was, it was
2: just a very, very beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah look, I'm,
1: I'm, 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 I'm getting when we're more, born, it's
2: the beginning of the end of our lives. I'm,
1: I'm getting more, I'm getting more and more confident that that particular prediction is going to hold true. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to become speaker of the house. Woo,
3: but, I love I, that prediction, but,
1: but you may not like what the alternative is. I think there's a greater chance, um, that uh, actual uh, Hitler? No, yeah.
0: uh, I, I think there's a greater chance his corpse sitting in the. Is <laughs> it a, like, uh,
3: a Bernie's Hitler? <laughs>
0: I'm, I, pretty I, sure I, said, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure he said I. I think there's a. I think there's a. There's a greater likelihood that. Uh, you, uh, hold on to your see, hold on to your hats here. That. Um, if if the if the Republicans uh, end up with the majority, <laughs> and given how crazy this election has already been, as we said, it's a possibility that they may not make it. Um, if the Republicans end up with the uh, with the majority, I think there's a greater chance that Elise Stefanik will be the next speaker than than Kevin McCarthy.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And I mean, note that she went out and endorsed uh, Donald Trump early that's this the week. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> um, uh, even that's so, though, like, but I think that's the- it, Tom. That's the tweet. That's but, the tweet. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> as long as Twitter still exists, which as of this recording it does, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, how long before Elon just releases all of our DMs as revenge? That's my my question right now at this hour. Uh, but so that's so. But let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the House, uh, and let us talk about so two important aspects of of the House of Representatives. Just first of all, uh, it's uh, where like you only have a two year term and you have a much smaller group of people you have to win over. So that's why you tend to see a real large number of lunatics in the house. (laughs) Maybe not a majority, but more than I'm comfortable with making decisions for me and the country. (laughs) Uh, But end result, that means, you know, like that's the, the, the you need 218 seats to have a working majority of that Congress. Uh, a very tight majority does mean that if you're a Kevin McCarthy or just, you know, a, the sliding scale of sane Republican has changed dramatically over the last four years. But even so, I do think there's a certain, like, I'm fascinated to see what happens for any of these sort of hard right, you know, not not Marjorie Taylor Greene, because she's a legitimately troubled woman or Lauren Boebert, But I mean, like, even your Elise Stefanik, who, you know, does a lot of, like, rock rib conservative red meat throwing <laughs> but you know suddenly you're in charge and you have to decide like you know just basic government funding which yes republicans broadly dislike but there's army bases in alistofonics district there's there's things that need to be funded and they're going to be in a position all that to say even if republicans take the house which is very likely but not guaranteed uh, with a large with a with a narrow majority, Democrats are not irrelevant the way they would be, even with like a 20 seat majority, even with a 10 seat majority. Uh, those are suddenly votes you might need because, as mentioned, uh, we've got a lot of lunatics in the Republican Party. Uh, and I'm I'm just generally excited to see it happen. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> James, That's why I don't I was gonna say
2: I don't I'm not totally bummed with the idea of us losing the democrats losing the the house with that slim majority because one it's gonna be a rough two years uh all the problems that existed if you look at what people were voting for they were still angry they still don't love the democratic party right now they're worried about inflation there probably is a recession coming things aren't actually wonderful out there and it's going to be a rough two years so it would be nice to have somebody to share the blame a little bit i don't think if we have this super small majority uh the democrats have a super small majority that we're going to get a lot done legislatively because we have our own problems in our party that uh uh that we don't like to look at and i think would be very difficult uh to to deal with in the house if we only we would only. i think our only path would be a 218 to 217 House probably right now. That would be really, really difficult to get anything done legislatively of any substance other than just getting through some some basic funding resolutions. So I'm not exactly mad about the idea of sharing some blame and forcing Republicans to deal with their own bullshit for a little while. And it I, I, it's like, fine, go ahead. You guys have fun. It's It's your problem now.
0: I'd also add just quick, quick, real quick, historically speaking, also just in general, you usually have a much bolder Congress in the first two years of a presidential term than you do in the second two years, even if somehow they buck the midterm trends Uh, like it's you know, people are much more. We have greater voter turnout in a presidential election year. You have a lot more people are like, I don't want to take any risks. Uh, So, you know, like even if somehow Democrats like had had this huge, amazing uh, you know, turnout that led to them holding the house in the Senate. We probably wouldn't be doing it too much the next few years. Like, notice they crammed a lot of stuff into this first two years. Well, well you, Robert, you, go ahead. Well you, well,
1: you 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 had to uh, you had to cram as much as you could into those first two years because you had uh as narrow as it as it, as as it could be. You you had a you had a majority and you had to like you know maximize. You have to you had to maximize that and you know the Congress comes back um, next week and, they, and there's a lot of stuff that they need to get done in the, in the lame duck and they have to decide if, if, if some of these big, t- aside from just basic funding stuff, they have to make a decision on, as, as to what they want to do uh, with, with some of these kind of, uh, what, what shouldn't be considered controversial topics, but things like, you know, the uh, electoral reform, the Electoral Reform Act, uh, uh, you know, gay marriage, uh, a number, there are a number of things that they're gonna, they have to try and, ram, uh, try and ram through, all that said, uh, I, I kind of, t- I, tw- I tweeted this out, uh, earlier, th- earlier this week, if the house came down to a 218, two eight, two, 218, 217 split either way, um, uh, who do you think, um, people are going to be more confident in, in trying to nab, um, a couple of votes from the other side. In other, wa- in other words, in Encourage people to um, to switch to, uh, to switch parties and go with the winner. Who do you who who would you have more confident confidence in in being able to um, convince some of those 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 wary members on either side of the divide? Um, Nancy Pelosi, arguably. Um, the arguably the most effective um, speaker uh, in decades, if not in if not in history. I mean, even even you know her ideological um, opponents like you know, Newt Gingrich realize um, the chops she has. Or Kevin McCarthy, who I would say uh, this is I'm, 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 this is a guesstimate, but I would say about a third of his conference hates. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, who do you think? I mean, I, I mean, I'm. I, and, I, and frankly, I, I, I'd have to take a look at, at, at every single district and every single member to figure out who might be uh, individuals that, um, that, uh, that that that, that, uh, that Nancy uh, Pelosi might try and grab from the from the from the Republican side. But there, I would say, you know, there are like three or four. There are three. There are a number of there are a number of states, that, um, and there are a number of Republicans who still who. Even if they won narrowly um, in, on on Tuesday, they are in um, they're in Biden one they're they're in Biden one um, districts and uh, uh, Joe Biden and we may want to talk about this a little later. Joe Biden is looking a heck of a lot stronger um, uh, as a as as a, as a as a as a president and as a as a presidential candidate in 2024 um, than he did on uh, Monday night.
0: And I think I'll just add to that. We'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, about this in a a little bit. But just to get very specific, there's a lot of New York Republicans who will be in the next House who uh, might not be in the Congress after that, (laughs) Uh, who are probably much more persuadable than than a few of these Democrats who. uh, who The
1: the ones the ones um, who just the the ones who just won, I don't think that they're uh, they're in my view, they are the they are the least likely. Um, they are the least likely um, to, switch, uh, uh, to switch to switch to switch parties because even I though they, mean, they we'll know they gonna... that
0: more. Uh, you you you're like about said, we'll talk about that more in in a okay, few sure, moments. Sure, sure. Uh, Megan, your thoughts on uh, on on the the House, particularly you come from uh, a little section of the world we call Long Island, uh, where the House races were uh, shall we say competitive. Uh, your stance on on the sort of red wave that wasn't, although it kind of was in our backyard.
3: Um, well, I, I do want to note that I don't live on Long Island, but I grew up there. Um, technically, so not... you live
0: on the landmass of Long Island because you're in Brooklyn. Well, though. This in is Brooklyn, an important yeah, thing I think about a lot.
3: So I know in the technicalities that will be shown on the map. Yes, technically, I still am on Long Island, but I am away from it. OK, for for my peace of mind and how I get to sleep at night. Don't, tra- um, don't
1: traumatize her, Tom. Don't traumatize her.
3: OK, I left i left um but that's the thing uh, a lot of people like me left so the fact that it's it's as red as it is right now is not shocking at all um the the one george santos who uh who just got in he is uh, the gay republican Um, from Long Island. And I just find it so interesting that he has he like in one of his speeches, he was like, I'm a gay Republican, and my party loves me. And I'm like, it is 2022. You have to say that out loud. That is So sad of the Republican Party, because we do see so much hate in them. It's just like you just what you should just be like, yay, my party. Like, I can't wait to represent it. But you have to say, I am gay and they love me. That's that's right. They don't hate me. To be Uh, fair,
0: that's what any gay person in Long Island has to say about their own family too. So, I'm a gay Long Islander. My family loves me. Yeah, I'm allowed at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yep, my boyfriend isn't, (laughs) but I am. Well, it it becomes even more
1: awkward though when they go to gay parties and when they say, you know, I'm a Republican and my gays. Love, love me
0: oh i guess they don't <laughs> very nice Very they're, nice. they're
2: not allowed at the after hours uh uh party
0: well let's talk a little bit about how this happened so, like, literally to, every... to come to a white party but not the black party yikes all right uh well i guess you can make that joke uh I'll allow it um, uh, uh, that, was so that was my black gay republican uh, it, it, like in like uh you know inside joke inside joke there that's very inside um uh but uh let's talk about how this happened so for weeks the the prediction was red waves are coming like and uh like one of those things like it and it it I get annoyed by this every election cycle, not just when it benefits uh, the, the the party I am not a member of, but it, I always get annoyed when people are like, it's gonna happen. And it's like, all right, let's wait until we see people actually vote. Anything can happen. I mean, there's a snowstorm in Nevada on, uh, <laughs> on Tuesday, which could have played as big a role in stopping this red wave as Adam Laxalt being a terrible Senate candidate. Um, you know, anything could happen. But even so, like the prediction, like we all felt pretty, pretty confident, given the narrow margins, given the the uh, unpopularity of uh, Biden and of the Democrats, that Republicans were going to have a great night on Tuesday. Uh, and they didn't. And one, two things, uh, I guess, three things I think are are real important things to talk about. Number one, um, young people showed up, which uh, uh, this was the second highest turnout for young voters since uh, in 40 years, the highest being 2018, uh, that Gen Z showed up in a way that, you know, I guess uh Gen X is trending towards conservative, uh libertarian-ish, uh, according to polling, and millennials, uh, even now when we're we're older and should be more responsible, still just not voting. <laughs> still just still just threw in the towel for a generation. Uh, we have the first Gen Z member of the House coming in uh out of uh, uh con- Congressman elect frost out of Florida. Uh, Which I is think...
1: ironic in and of itself that there's um, the, the first gen the first Gen Z is coming out of you know you know God's you know waiting room you
3: know? Yeah, yeah but it's Orlando
1: that's yeah that's, that's how they get you. and
3: that's the difference. but also yeah. they they just had a huge um, school shooting. So of course, like <laughs> Orlando, I think is going to be going Democrat.
0: It's also uh, yeah, you got a lot of artists who live and work in Orlando because those theme parks employ a lot of performers. So, um, <laughs> and end result, those those and those artists all have to make a living somehow beyond working at theme parks and finding the the only gay doctors in town to marry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so we have we have Gen Z show up. I think the other big thing was uh, we had a lot of bad candidates on the Republican side uh particularly but these and i think the notable on these bad candidates is that they were very pro trump candidates and this goes to this has not been discussed much in the media this is i think something we'll probably talk about in the next few days uh trump like republicans have a problem with trump similar to the problem that democrats had with obama which is a lot of people who love this one person aren't necessarily showing up when he's not on the ballot uh and then i think the 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 third most important thing uh is uh i think americans are smarter than we think and i'll come back to that in a moment but let's talk about (laughs) let's talk about the young voter turnout like this is pretty like it's it was pretty astronomical and like you here's how i know that it's legitimate fox news has been in panic mode the last few days and normally Fox News is pretty good after a Republican loses in explaining it away and getting ready for the next election. And I saw that great uh, piece of journalistic integrity, Jesse Waters, uh, living proof that if you put a suit on a white guy, he can get a show. Uh, I guess stop wearing these T-shirts, start wearing a suit, I guess. Um uh you know you, you also
2: uh, need to leave two or three wives like in horrible situations
0: that's true that's true I guess I'll never be Jesse waters um but uh you know he was complaining about how young voters uh his exact words I I don't have but I'm not far off and he's like these young voters like ugh, they just they like what Democrats are selling and they vote for it. Like as if that is a, which I just found funny in general. Cause like, as if that was like a maddening thing, like they appealed to them and they voted for them. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's supposed to work.
2: He's, like, he's I mean, he, j- he definitely just grew up like at a country club. Like he was raised by an actual country club. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and his relationship to women was calling them hun um, as they brought him uh, like Manhattan's at at the age of fifteen, and then he slapped them on the ass. I believe he, he
0: he also said explicitly like Democrats just want everyone to be a single woman because single women and women voters in general, but single women particularly voted He's for Democrats.
2: Responsible for all of the single women
0: when he <laughs> leaves,
2: the, he leaves just his keeps wife. creating them. Yeah. Uh, How many single women is he responsible for?
0: Uh, these are the two things that, and like, so all that. So, like, women voters and, uh, you know, uh, particularly in the South, black voters made a difference, but young voters showed up. And uh, I have a, this created a fascinating problem for me in that I was immediately very happy. And then I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what these young voters want because I'm not a young voter anymore. And then I started thinking about, wait a minute, are they going to come after, like, I'm starting to make a decent living. Are they going to come after what I have? And Robert, I was like, is this how it starts? Is this how you become a Republican? Young people start voting and then suddenly you panic because you don't know what they want? That, that's that's the, um, that's the first
1: step, Tom. That's that, <laughs> that definitely, that's definitely uh, the first step. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see that... Um, uh, that this election, that this election, oh you know, shown a, shown a, shown a light on your um on your own mortality. You That's know, true. hey, it's I'm
0: turning funny. forty next year, and all it, I can think are two things. Yes, I stand for a lot of the things these kids stand for, but also, can't we just make America great again?
1: Um, well, but, well, that's the other thing too. You, you suddenly realize, and you don't know, you don't even know, you don't even realize when it actually happens, but you suddenly start realizing, you, you start using weird phrases like these kids, which, yeah. you know, like you never used before, you know, and it's, it's yeah. it just, it just kind of catches yeah. up to you. And then just and you just start to think to yourself, what you, you like, you, you stretch and he's like, Oh, oh wait, Oh God. What was that in my back? You know, I mean, it. it yep.
2: you just, yeah. You just you want exactly. to be the you want to be the guy who says these kids, are not you people. Like it's, it's a very big
0: difference. <laughs> it <is>. no, actually, <laughs> those those are those are closely
2: intertwined.
1: You They're people. closely
0: intertwined, but like the but, the but difference, difference between a Kevin McCarthy and a Marjorie Taylor Green is these kids and you people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the line. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely. By the way, I just want to put this out into the universe just for fun. I turn forty next August. I want to win one more forty under forty award between now and then just to get it in under the wire. Megan, your thoughts on the kids, on the women voters, uh, you know, how Democrats want people to only be single women now, which honestly, like, uh, you know, uh, if not for the income disparity, I guess I could be on board with. Go ahead.
3: I mean, a single ladies are great. Everybody should be like us. I got two kittens. My life's great. I don't need society. <laughs> anyway, I think it's great that the the kids the kids showed up yeah you know what guess what gen z they are coming in real strong millennials sure we've been shitting on for a real long time i'm a geriatric millennial i pretty much don't exist so millennials are a special case that we're going to be studying for a long time gen z though there's something interesting that happened during the pandemic with them They were the ones that pretty much had to continue on while the rest of us were in lockdown. They were going to college or finishing high school, you know, so it's like they had to be out there. They were seeing things and they were continuing the world to go on. Now, everybody else starts coming back and they're like, oh, just kidding. Uh, You guys aren't in control anymore. And they're like, wait a minute, we've been we've been changing things. But they also and this is insane when you think about it. They are the first generation that has grown up with the fear of gun violence in schools since day one, day one of them being born. They have been the generation that has has been being taught how to how to like um, like the the drills what what are the i didn't learn any of the drills. The
0: active shooter drills active yeah.
3: shooter drills right like my first we, we uh, learned switch,
0: inactive shooter drills we yeah.
3: didn't learn like <laughs> slow, my first dips. school shooting um <laughs> like uh that was uh, was columbine and i went yeah. to a catholic school so the, <clears throat> they didn't know like the teachers didn't know they weren't equipped to talk to us about yeah. what to do what, what I was told because I went to a Catholic school and also, you know, God bless this person because he had no clue what to say to us. He told us that it's in God's hands. You know, that's what was being told to us. If there is a shooter and somebody's coming at you, you put your hands in with uh, into God and hope that like, you go to a good place. What? Put your hands These... in the
0: ear and shake it like you don't care. So, <sighs> ah, geez. Well, also, um... like, I think about this a lot. Columbine was such an anomaly, too. Like, I mean, not that there wasn't any gun violence, but because of better gun laws at the time, there was less gun violence. And, like, so, yeah, like, we had conversations about our feelings at school in my Catholic school the day after Columbine, not about what to do in the case of a shooter, because it's like, well, it probably won't happen here. Yeah, like, you really have to be able to figure out how to get a gun like like at Littleton, Colorado, like that's, you know, hunting territory. This isn't hunting territory and assault weapon bans existed. It was it was much more a conversation about how we felt, not how to survive. And I was thinking exactly is it like Gen Z, like they're in school. They're also some of them were out of school and like they were in service jobs. And like so they either. Felt faster than even my generation, you know, uh, uh, of which, uh, most of this call belongs to, uh, Robert's timeless. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, uh, you're like the watcher. You have always been there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, and you always will be, which means you, you will outlast me. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, like we, you know, had a bad economy, but like they, like the world literally shut down and they, like some of them were in service jobs and lost it. Some of them had to keep working. And those are two, like anyone who's lost a job can tell you, like that is, you learn lessons from that. You, you grow up real fast when you lose your job. Uh, and exactly. Like, I think they, they have a much more active caring of this world. And one thing I find interesting Speaking of Joe Biden, who may not appeal to them directly on a candidate level, like uh, from policy and personality, but I remember he got made fun of about two weeks back because he had a bunch of TikTok influencers at the White House and was communicating with them to communicate to young voters. Turns out he was right. <laughs> like, I mean, and like turns, I'm sure you know uh, uh, it wasn't just him saying TikTok. I'm sure it was people around him, but he said yes to it, you know, and that is a guy I think. Uh, You know, and not just TikTok influence to connect to them, but really taking a pretty bold first step on student loan uh, cancellation, uh, pausing student loans throughout. Like he did a lot of stuff to appeal to those voters uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they they showed up for them and something in general that kind of threw me that Democrats have never done in my lifetime is they talked about the good things, or at least you know argued the case on the good things that they passed the last few years, and didn't just run away from it like and they normally do. And they'll have a
2: chance, and they'll have a chance to keep talking about them, and I think a better chance to sort of capitalize on that since they're going to hold the Senate. It's not like uh, the the conversation won't be. Well, now Republicans are in charge. The conversation is going to be. Well, Democrats are kind of still have some of the power. So they can talk about some of that a little bit more of what they've accomplished because they actually, Tom, you and I talked about this uh, before. We actually got shit done in these two years. I was actually kind of happy with with a lot of what got passed. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's considering the majorities too. It was
0: pretty, yeah. it was more than I expected.
2: Uh, a thousand percent. So I think the fact that they can keep that going and- at least talk about it, even if they don't pass anything else legislatively, yeah. they can just keep that momentum going. And, and assuming it looks like we'll at least have the Senate, just keep pa- just pack the courts, just pack them as much as they can. As many federal judges, I saw something that said actually, I think that made sense, which is uh, Kagan and um, uh, uh, Mayor should probably in the next two years should step down because we don't know when we'll have the presidency in the Senate again, so it actually makes sense but
0: also uh, who knows that long covid could come for clarence
2: (laughs) fingers crossed i i say we send we send him and alito on a road trip somewhere and just hope (laughs) for an oil slick but um i
0: say make them ambassadors Like, I'll yeah. be the I'll be the generous one and say let's make them ambassadors emeritus to whatever countries they love most. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm no, I'm no, it's
2: America. <laughs> I'm no, I, I say uh, I don't know. Let's have Fauci create a whole new type of COVID because that's
3: oh, what.
0: stop. gonna have no, some time, no, on time on his hands. The Supreme Court valent uh, yeah, booster just, shot just it, for two members. Targets <laughs> it targets them and
2: actually Gorsuch I think has been the worst of the new ones so I think it should target Gorsuch so. So anyway, that's the one I want. Gain <laughs> of right. function. I don't know what that means. I'm just going to yell it, and then I win an argument.
3: <laughs>
0: we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, Tom. Tom,
3: I have an idea. Please. Of course. I have an idea, and I uh, I don't know if everyone's going to be on board with it. But because the it's I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter who's going to be in control. Nobody's going to be getting along and voting for each other, right? Like now, we sure. need everybody to like can everybody work together? That's what I want to see. Like like cool. That's mm-hmm. we're done. Let's now have democracy be in action. So here's what I say. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Go on. (laughs) So I say we make them all have to have a buddy from the other party. (laughs) And that like this is like that is your buddy. You have to check in with your buddy once a week from the other party. And you guys have to come up with ideas together like work. Together, what? That's so insane! I'd love to see that Christmas every, party.
0: Every every Republican just outraged, like just sprinting to Joe Manchin's office, and every Democrat just sprinting to Lisa Murkowski's office. <laughs> but I call Lisa. Ah, damn it, Schumer got Lisa. <laughs> nope, they got to
3: they got to pull it out of a hat. That's okay, right. there you, there you go. That's, a to,
0: that's smart. Yeah. I like it. What uh, poor uh, sap gets stuck with Ted Cruz? Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. I. Like, uh, you know what? Get
0: Joe Manchin. He's earned it. I <laughs> say. Ted Cruz
3: and aoc let's put them together yeah,
0: that could be fun <laughs> oh we're doing it across uh, yeah, yeah in the across across chambers uh, i like chambers it too. okay um
3: yeah, uh, yeah yeah i'm getting all confused PC, where everybody PC, sits PC because nobody's doing anything that's
0: true they all get about the same amount of work done <laughs> trc TR, trc and aoc it's kind of the be- way as robert made the point they come back into session next week and if i'm not mistaken uh they uh they 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 went out of session, I believe like July, <laughs> something like that. Um it wasn't quite that out of session. No, I know, I know. And, and as much as like I joke about how few they're in session, around. of course they do a lot of work in their districts in theory, depending on the person. <laughs> um uh so let's talk next about uh bad candidates, because uh you had a lot of them. And uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, God bless, good luck out there uh, in whatever consulting job you get, but uh, who just lost his house seat, but actually like have to be fair to him. Uh, it seems like like he was one of the architects of the run ads to support the Trumpy candidates in primaries. And that seemed to be a pretty good idea. I thought it was a terrible idea. I still don't love it for democracy, but uh, from a political gamesmanship idea, it worked out. Uh, and you know, a lot of the, there was more effect in the house, but in the Senate too, I think it was Don Bolduc who was running in New Hampshire, who was an incredibly Trumpy candidate, uh, and who, uh, the good folks at Trafalgar had running close to Maggie Hassan lost by about 10 points. Doug Mastriano, uh, running for governor of Pennsylvania lost by a pretty, pretty healthy margin. Dr. Oz lost, uh, Adam Laxalt appears to be on track to lose. Uh, Herschel Walker Blake is Masters. going to a runoff, and I, I Blake Masters is going to lose. Herschel Walker is going to a runoff, and I like uh, Warnock's chances. JD Vance, literally the only of the of the awful candidates of the 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 candidates who Mitch McConnell was like these are terrible candidates. Uh, he's the only one who who got over the finish line, and he was in an incredibly red state, and his opponent still managed to overperform. I'd say Democratic expectations for a very red state, and uh you know flipped a house seat uh at least one we couldn't confirm the second one in our yeah, argument yeah, as i
1: said the- I, I believe he, he he definitely flipped one uh which was steve Chabot, who was like a, a, a like a, a a big a big guy in the um, in the house freedom house freedom caucus uh the other The other seat, though, that I think I think that was actually Tim Ryan's house. OK, he didn't flip.
0: He just protected a lot of the he protected his
1: home. He protected he protected his own seat. And I think that is now I I think his successor is a is a black woman.
0: I think uh, Kapoor was also expected to lose and she won. Mm -hmm. So like there were a lot of like over like Uh, a lot of. Captor, Marcy Captor, I'm sorry, Marcy Captor. And the thing is, though,
1: Marcy, Marcy Captor is somebody that. Um, that seat, when she retires or dies or whatever, it will go Republican and it will stay Republican forever. But they have been coming after Marcy Kaptur through, you know, multiple iterations of um, of, of redistricting and all this other kind of stuff, and um, uh, she's still there. <laughs> she is. She's one. She's one tough broad herself. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 she was the um, I think she was like the co-chair. Um, well, long before um, Putin um, in, invaded, I think she was like the co-chair of the House Ukraine. Who um, invaded Ohio? Uh, what? <laughs> yep. Putin yeah,
0: invaded Ohio. Yeah. You, you know, this is
3: know. why we need to start educating the kids in school because none of us knew this.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Here's and what and happened: and the, LeBron signed the with. Is- the, hang on, LeBron signed with the Miami Heat, and once he was gone. Putin went right in no, <laughs> and then and then the the, the but then the, uh, the the other key the, the other key
1: thing here is that he, he um, only took back Cleveland. Her, she, she, I think she was going to win the seat. Uh, she was going to she was going to keep her seat regardless. However, uh, her opponent is this was this ultra Trumpy guy. Um, I think it's Mrusky. I think is the guy's name. He uh, in the middle of the campaign that people re- realized that. Uh, his um the, the stories that he was telling about his military service uh w- wasn't quite accurate and and the um the uh the the RNC and the um and the NRCC basically abandoned him and you know Marcy Captor, she's still there keep coming after me you MFers, she says and then you know <laughs> She doesn't really say that, but I, I would like right, to let-
0: Yeah, no, she says motherfuckers because she's from <laughs> Ohio. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So all I like to say, I think the good lesson here is whatever appeal Trump has to a mass audience, which I think is not as big as it used to be, shall we say, uh, but even so, is not transferable to some of these other candidates, pretty clearly. Like I think I think Raphael Warnock is surviving to a runoff, and I like his chances because I think you had a lot of Republicans in Georgia who clearly in 2020 were not. Enthused by Donald Trump, uh, and then you know, like probably were willing to vote for Kemp because Kemp stood up to Donald Trump and did the right thing once. Um, and but you know, like a Trumpy Senate candidate, like and, you probably had a lot of ticket splitters. Stacey Abrams down there at this point, she's <laughs> the, become a like a
2: she's become a uh, like something to vote against. I think down
0: there, I think that's part of it, and and we can get into a lot of reasons on that. But I do think you probably had a lot of voters who also looked at walker saw what they didn't like about donald trump two years ago who might be otherwise conservative who voted for kemp uh because he was what they liked about republicans but then either blank or voted for you know held their nose and voted for warnock uh just because walker is like i mean like it's easy to make fun of herschel walker uh and fun uh but i genuinely am concerned like there's there's also for every time he talks, I'm just like, it is morally outrageous that no one stopped this, <laughs> Like even if he becomes Senator, like this guy is not well, he's in trouble. And, uh, you know, the CTE is showing, uh, but he's, you know, still got a fighting chance, but I do think probably they're like, what, you know, whatever reason Georgia went blue in 2020, which was partially organizing, partially running up the score in the city, but also partially disaffected, like more so disaffected Republicans there, you know, making a difference. I think probably also transferred to Walker's candidacy, and I like Warnock's chances. If- well,
1: also too. Keep, keep, keep in mind we're, we're we're still we're still waiting on the, the final result in um, uh, in Nevada, uh, and uh, if as it appears right now, and you know, if John Ralston, you know, the great guru, the the great. Uh, Journalist slash academic guru out there, if if his estimation is right that um, remaining ballots are going to be favoring um, incumbent um, Catherine Cortez Masto, um, that that election um, seals the majority um, for the um, for the Democrats, Um, and that gives uh, Republicans in Georgia. Who may have been holding their nose to vote for uh, uh, to, to vote for Walker because um, they want they, they want the majority, which is completely understandable. If their vote now no no longer matters in terms of how the majority um, plays out, they may just decide to you know look. I'm not I I I I, I don't like Warnock. He's a Democrat. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but you know Walker was a bridge too far to vote for him the 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 uh, the, the first time around. My vote, him being there, is it's not going to it's not going to matter one way or the other. I'm going to I prefer to like you know uh, live my conscience and I'm staying home on this. And meanwhile, Warnock though can then just you know you know help you know pour out as ma- as many people as possible and get into the polls and so forth. Yeah,
0: I think yeah I, I'm. Uh... And Nevada also just mentioned there, Adam Laxalt, also a pretty Trumpy leaning uh, candidate, not a particularly good candidate. <laughs> Didn't work yeah, well. At all.
1: In, in fairness, though, and, and, and you know, we're, we're, I know we're slagging everybody that, that, that um, Trump endorsed and all this other kind of stuff. Um, Adam Laxalt, uh, the, the, unlike a, a lot of a, almost all of these other people that Trump endorsed, um, Adam Laxalt um, was a politician um, before Trump came along. He was the uh, he was a former um, he was a former Attorney General um, out there, um, so he actually has a portfolio. He's an expert. I mean, you can call him. He too, does, uh, but you he, can he call but, him too
0: conservative, all this other kind of, and all this other kind of stuff. But I mean, he he, he does, he, but he ran very firmly in the Trump brand, and and, uh, denying, it, and it, it, appears it appears to be denying. yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the governor candidate uh, whose name eludes me, who the Republican who is going to win in Nevada, distances <laughs> like, himself a little bit from that. Uh, he ran much more on Nevada issues, and it's worth noting that, like you know, they. they, they it's Point. Looking like people split ticket on that, uh, so I, that I gets would, sorry. Would go ahead.
2: One thing about Georgia, also, that I'm interested in with the runoff is that, uh, they're clearly there's going to be a bit of a proxy war with Kemp and his people trying to see if they can take Walker over the finish line, yes, in that's this, right. and they're trying to keep Trump out. Which, look, uh, I am very excited for this proxy war because. Uh, Trump is not going to just let this happen. Trump cannot psychologically allow other people to just take the party. He is a absolute, uh, the psychological term that we use is whiny little bitch. Um, oh, let's... Uh, and it's it's hilarious to that now. This is what they were always worried about. WATB? He, it's, I think it's whiny ass titty baby, isn't that? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the other. Yeah, there's a, uh, the the DSM four keeps changing it. Um, so, <laughs> so they, but they, no, I mean, but seriously, from a psychological standpoint, he is a he's a he's a, he's a at least he's a wounded narcissist, probably a wounded sociopath. And he cannot handle losing, and he cannot handle the idea of having something taken away from him. And he wants to hurt people, he enjoys hurting people. So he will, he's not going to let just DeSantis win, and he's not going to let Kemp just win. He would rather Democrats win than. Camp or DeSantis. It's,
0: yeah, well, let's it's going let's, to get ugly and I'm excited for it. I'm legitimate. Yeah excited. And, and also to let's a, talk a, about I mean I want to set that table. Tom, let me just I just want to set that table real quick, just to the reference of Florida. So that's the the big bright spot beyond uh some of the New York overperformance for Republicans on on Tuesday night was uh Florida, which kind of I think went from swing state to red state officially. Uh, with uh, Marco Rubio winning re-election over Val Demings and uh Ron DeSantis just obliterating Charlie Crist. Uh, I think he percentage wise did better than Greg Abbott did in Texas uh over O'Rourke uh you know it would have helped if Florida Democrats had run a campaign uh, but you know we'll, well come back to that can... another time. But all that to say that like that led to a like the immediate response. You have a Republican media infrastructure, the Post, Fox News, et cetera, who are now basically crowning Ron DeSantis as the net, the future of the Republican Party and a little businessman that agrees a little businessman from Queens originally now calling Florida <laughs> home by the name of Donald Trump. Took issue with that on Truth Social and just immediately went to war on Ron DeSanctimonious, as he called him, which everyone calls a lazy name. And I have to say, it's not very funny, but Lying Ted was not like creative. Sleepy Joe was not creative. I don't understand that. Uh, But that all speaks to the fact that you now have a Donald Trump who is... Uh, ready to go to war with the Republican Party. He is calling for Mitch McConnell's ouster as leader, as are uh, Marco Rubio, Josh Hawley, and Rick Scott. Rick Scott, who famously just uh, spent millions of dollars to lose the Senate in a winnable midterm. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, all that to say there's there's a little civil war brewing. Robert, your point before about... <laughs> Which okay. I completely
1: forgot because you took took me completely off the except, No, I, I just just to quickly finish up on 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 Georgia. Um, uh, former President Trump is uh, reportedly uh, going to announce his um, uh, his can't call it re-election, but you know his new run for the new run for the White House
0: is Grover Cleveland.
1: Uh, this yeah this um, um, this new run for the White House uh, supposedly on on Tuesday um, that I think is going to be an, it's an, another data point for the, um, for, the pe- for the warnock people for the Warnock people to uh, you know to, uh, to energize his base saying um, you know this guy is he's out there you know uh, we need to show we need to show once again that you know Georgia. Georgia is is purple and trending to a slightly bluer tint and, uh, you know, get out there and 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 uh, send a message, uh, send a message to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to to Donald Trump. And uh, James is right, though, uh, you know, you know, Brian Kemp, uh, on the other hand, is also going to try and show that, you know, that his brand uh, uh, and, and he. Was very smart in the sense of uh, he, even though he's as conservative as anybody else in the field, um, uh, he ended up looking like a moderate um, because be, because of Trump because of Trump's enmity and 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 him standing up to uh, and him standing up to uh, him standing up to Trump. By the way, which is another way of me, me saying that, that while people are talking, obviously, DeSantis is probably the, maybe the leader out there, but in terms of the other the other non-Trump potential you know uh republicans running in 2024 greg abbott is somebody to, th- to think about but also but also brian Kemp. uh he uh he he he, he, he for, for for a variety of reasons but we, which we can talk about later on but uh you, you can't you can't sleep on him either
0: i think i uh, you know let's talk about it now just because i think i want to be clear uh you mentioned greg abbott uh i am by no means as a human being making joke one about uh, Abbott's situation being in a wheelchair, but immediately, can you imagine how tasteless Donald Trump is going to be at the expense of Greg Abbott? <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be a night. It's going to be a nightmare. And I think of it but like I, I, you know, like, look, uh, like it's I am fascinated by the looming showdown between DeSantis and Trump, because on the one hand, Uh, You know, politics has proven time and again. You're going to call him the FDR word. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Just, uh, you know, politics has proven time and again that like you really can't judge. you, You can't predict future elections based off previous elections. Things change all the time. You know, I remember people very confidently saying that. Uh, It was adorable that Barack Obama was running against Hillary Clinton and he'd make a great vice president for her, Um, you know, uh, that I remember people like smart people being very confident of that. So who knows anything can change. But also, like, I can just already see Ron DeSantis standing up and talking about all the policies he pushed through Florida to fight you know the COVID lie, and to protect family values, and then Donald Trump just being like, "I watched his dad poop on the tomb of the unknown soldier. I saw it happen," and that's the whole debate.
1: <laughs> By the way, I, I, this is not on to- this is not on topic. But uh, there, who,
0: what topic is there?
1: <laughs> well, exactly. But uh, <laughs> uh, just as a, just as a, just as, as an aside, um, uh, Hillary winning in two thousand eight. With um, Barack Obama as her running mate, uh, arguably would have been better for the long-term prospects of the Democratic Party and the country. But you know, we, but that, that's another alternative universe uh, discussion we can have for, for a later date.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, alternative universes are not okay. I was checking to see if Nevada has been called yet; it still hasn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's you know, I would not like again. Like I'm sort of fascinated by. Trump and Trumpism. I'm reading Maggie Haberman's book right now. And it is fascinating, like just going through all the many times that everyone so confidently was like, well, it's over for him, and he survived. And just seeing people see so confidently, like his candidates lost on Tuesday, Rod DeSantis won in a landslide. DeSantis is the future. And just, you know, maybe he is, maybe he is. But I can't, I'll say this, like, in the Republican Party, you can't beat Trump without exhausting it. Without exacting a huge cost. I mean, so far they're, they're it's proven: like race. Republican Party, you can't beat Trump. So far, <laughs> like, yeah. What do they do? Uh, but what but the, like, what if you beat him, it's going to be them, a huge cost. Like he might run re- them
2: elections. Yeah, he he he's either,
0: w- either won't either won't endorse him, cost him. Them worse. Yeah, he either won't endorse DeSantis or he'll run in a third party. <laughs> he'll do something uh, if DeSantis Ooh, manages to beat I him. I would love that. Well, yeah. And like, but, and also like, I'm not confident that Ron DeSantis can beat him. Like Ron DeSantis has won two elections and they were important elections. One of them, he kind of squeaked out a, a win over someone who, uh, you know, it turned out years later, we learned had a lot of problems, Andrew Gillum, but, uh, you know, was a, was a compelling candidate and he barely beat him. And then he was able to destroy Charlie Christ, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, died four years ago, but still ran for <laughs> governor. I around. Mean, and also, if you watch that debate between him and Chris, like that was the lone bright spot for Chris's campaign, was like he he rendered Ron DeSantis silent with like not particularly edgy attack. He just asked him, like, will you commit to not serve it or to serving a full term? And DeSantis was like, uh, if that was his response to a normal <laughs> political attack. What response is he going to have when Donald Trump goes up against him in a debate and says, I slept with your wife? What is he going to (laughs) do?
3: Well, I mean, Tom, also remember, there's there's American politics and then there's Florida yeah you know i'm not trying to shit on florida sure. it's well, just
0: go for it they make shit it easy
3: they all you have to just say is florida and a whole room will just start laughing without yeah. even knowing anything even else. in
0: like the reddest parts of this country <laughs> like even- remember,
3: remember uh remember bush uh the the jeb the jeb yeah. one?
0: Oh, that was fun Ah, Jeb, please clap. He's not, yeah, I mean, like. Deep red Texas, if you're like Florida, they're like those weirdos.
2: (laughs) DeSantis stumped for a lot of Republican candidates around the country. stumped for, for, um, for Mastriano. He stumped for, um, uh, for Oz. And that didn't do shit for them up in Pennsylvania. So, like, I I don't know.
1: As did as did as did Glenn Youngkin, who who's the other person that uh, the former president decided to go attack on and you know it was one of those great it was a classic it was a classic uh, Donald Trump um, post on on truth truth so, truth social where you you, you, you come for the um, you know you come for the um, uh, the schoolyard taunt that you know um, he's got the biggest penis on, uh, in, the, in the land kind of thing but you also stay for the drive-by anti-Asian racism coming out of it too. Mm, Oh, young young Kin sounds kind of Chinese, doesn't? I mean this I mean it still boggles my mind. I mean we're we're seven years into this this nightmare and it still boggles my mind that a guy who actually ended up becoming president of the United States can just like throw out you know uh an anti an anti-asian um anti-asian thing when when there's like there's nothing there's nothing to do with the topic at hand that 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 is related to asians or anything like that but he just throws it out he just throws it out there because uh he wants to slam this guy that people are talking about as 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 a as a potential person running for, for for the
0: I will push back. Here's what it has to do with it. He needs to get his base riled up and he can count on one thing of his base they're racist. Like <laughs> he can it's count on so, one yeah. thing.
2: And it's why I'm so <laughs> excited for this fight because it's going to get ugly. It's going to get na- like and there are people who really there are, so DeSantis has his own cult-like following now. And they don't like that Trump is going after DeSantis and Youngkin doesn't have a cult-like following, but he's got supporters and they really don't like that Trump is is going out. And Trump doesn't have a second gear. He doesn't have anything else that he can do. Trump is always going to do what Trump is going to do, which is to lash out in this one way. This is it. This is his one move. It worked in 2016. Then he lost in 2018 and in
0: 2020 and in 2021 and now 2022. He also barely won in 2016, too, if you get get technical. Right. So (laughs) it's
2: like, yeah, so this is I'm excited. The only thing that's unforgivable to Republicans is losing. Like he could he could literally he could go out and just shout the N-word on CNN and everybody would be like, great, I don't care. Are you winning? Like, it's only if it costs them elections. Yeah. That's what they care about. And now it is costing them elections. So they are worried. But these other guys, it's not definite that they're going to win elections. So I'm loving I'm absolutely loving it that they are absolutely fucked and I I cannot enjoy it anymore.
0: What a difference uh, a week makes in America. Uh, and thank you again for our, our real 75th show. Uh, and as we sign off we'll real quick, uh, uh, where folks can find you and, and and get more of your content or any shows you have coming up, uh, James Heskey.
2: Uh, if Twitter's still here, at ADTPod for a dangerous thing, at
0: ADTPod and at James Heskey. Excellent, Megan. Anything to plug, or where can folks find you next, or find uh, you now? Next, you
3: find me on Twitter, Instagram at MegsO'Malls, and uh, and I have a comedy album coming out real soon called yeah. "Finding the Positive."
0: Ah, oh, uh,
3: Wish I had a date, but it's soon.
0: I was there for the recording. It was a great, uh, great, great set. I'm very excited to hear the final product. Uh, Robert George, where can folks find you for now?
1: You can find me for the time being uh, at Rob George on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram, which I am actually engaging with in a little bit more of an active manner than I used to. Perhaps anticipating the, the departure of Twitter. But uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Rob George twenty nine because that'll be my age forever. Uh, and um, on uh, Bloomberg uh, at um, uh, at Opinion uh, on the on the Bloomberg. Uh, Uh, areas on, on, on Twitter. So
0: there you will be, there, you will find me smart move grabbing up at opinion entirely for Bloomberg. Uh (laughs) He owns them all now. Uh, And uh, (laughs) I'm Tom Brennan. You can find me on Twitter for now at Brennanator on Instagram at Brennanator Also, you can find me on Twitter at Elon Musk. Uh, Thank you very much panel. Thank (laughs) you for 75 great shows. Uh, And for now we are going to kick it up to the great state of Connecticut. Uh, where Texas's greatest son, Doug Ankman, will play us out this week. Ned Thorne, kick us over to Connecticut. <laughs>